ora and welcome to the Destinate NZ podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Chambers. And today we're heading to Auckland for Weta Unleashed. Woohoo! <laughs> hey Chambers, how are you? I'm great, thanks. I'm great. I'm really looking forward to this episode. Oh, it's so exciting to have some good news coming out of the tourism industry, isn't it? After the year that we've just had. Yes, absolutely. Isn't it great? I mean, good on them for being brave enough to open up a new business in this COVID world that we live in. Yes. And of course, the All Blacks experience opened the week before last. So Auckland now has two pretty iconic tourism activities in the mix, which I think is amazing. And Jake touches on some of the markets that they're talking to, but you talk about the CNI market and mm. the domestic market, and obviously the international visitors will come back at some point in the future. And I'm sure that this will just be another reason for them to add hopefully an extra night or two onto their Auckland itineraries instead of it just being a gateway. Absolutely. And also it's a real display of collaboration. Jake refers to Sky City as well as Auckland Unlimited and the very fact that you've got the All Blacks experience as well amongst themselves. They've all collaborated together. They've united in this and now they've created an experience that is absolutely worth having an extra night in all go to both of those attractions. Yeah, definitely. So we'll let the listeners have a listen into this episode. There are a few little airport noises in the back <laughs> of this interview. Jake was at the airport in Wellington on his way back to Auckland for another big week to launch uh, Wetter Unleashed. So sorry about those ping pongs and boarding notices. I'll try and edit out as many as I can, but enjoy the show. And this is our second last one for 2020. I know. I know how exciting. Where Who has the thought? year gone? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll we'll talk to you all soon. So now is a really exciting time in Auckland as this week sees the launch of the second major tourism attraction in as many weeks with the famous Weta workshop opening Weta Unleashed. And we're very fortunate to be able to grab a few minutes with the very busy head of tourism, Jake Downing. Jake, welcome to the show. Kia ora. How are you guys? Great, thank you. Great, thank you. Excited to be talking to you and thank you. We know you're busy, so really appreciate you taking the time. Yep. Oh, very much. That's okay. It's it's quite a, a frantic time going through and getting everything ready, but it's really lovely to be able to sit down and pause and reflect with you guys. Thank you. So, Jake, how exciting. Can you tell us a little bit about Weta Unleashed without giving too Yeah. Away? So, Weta, Unleashed, Weta Workshop Unleashed has been in the pipeline for about three years. We started talking to Sky City. I bumped into Callum Mallet at a SINs conference and we started the conversation going then. And it, it took us probably about 18 months to, to come up with what the concept was going to be for the experience. Uh, and then the last sort of 12 to 13 months building it. It's a, for visitors, they're going to experience a fantastical film effects facility. They're coming through a, a strangely quirky, a Willy Wonka-esque uh, film effects facility and they'll see three original films which we're working on a horror a fantasy and a science fiction film wow, oh, wow. that sounds very cool now yes. <laughs> so wet is obviously pretty famous in wellington why did you decide to open an experience in auckland 
so we'd got to a stage where Weather Workshop in Wellington was proving really popular, but obviously from an international market, and that's where we originally thought about the uh, good chunk of international people don't visit Wellington, however much uh, we and, and Joe Heaton try to get them down to Wellington, they bypass Wellington. And we wanted to offer other people the opportunity to see some of the things we, we did do. And also, there's obviously a, a big domestic market in, in Auckland who, who don't come down to Wellington. However, what we also wanted to do is complement what we're doing in Wellington with Auckland. So it was really important that what we build and designed in, in Auckland didn't cannibalize uh, our business in Wellington. So they're two totally different experiences. Mm-hmm. So that sounds great. And I guess if you get that Auckland domestic market interested, they might just pop on down and visit you in Wellington to see what that's all about too. Well, we're hoping, we're hoping that is the case. So when Scale of Our War at Papa opened, we increased our bookings quite significantly for our weather, our weather Workshop Wellington experience. And we think there was, it was anecdotal evidence, but we think it was because people had seen these giants and thought, mm. oh, I want to go and see how they're built and how they're made. And I'm, I'm hoping the same is going to happen for the Auckland experience as well. Hmm, great. So look, Jake, 2020 hasn't exactly been the year for tourism in the bright, positive way we've always loved. So just how long has this project been in the works? You've mentioned three years. And, um, and was it a good year to be looking at doing something like this? <laughs> um, so three years ago, it, was, it started in its sort of infancy and development. And then uh, we were originally going to open or get the keys, should I say, get the keys on the 1st of April and then start our own build. And ideally we were going to open in September and then 25th of March came and we did pause for a little bit, uh, as I'm sure a lot of other businesses did. We paused and had a think about it, decided after, after a couple of weeks that if we're not going to do it, it's not going to get done. And also we, we want to trust and believe in the tourism industry. And it's, it's a long-term vision rather than just a, a short-term vision. So we kept plowing on. Good on you. In, in, in how it's affected, how COVID's affected, we did change the business model. Originally it was going to be a hosted experience. So guests could free wander and there'd be hosts in different areas, but we changed that to a guided experience. So the overhead costs weren't, weren't so steep but what we found is that's actually delivering a much higher value customer experience which was good yeah so do you think you'll keep it that way when the borders do reopen or go back to original plans no i I think we will uh the the original reason to have it hosted was uh to ensure we could move sizable volumes through but we had a, a day last tuesday so a week before we were opening where we hosted all the Sky City friends and family through the experience. Mm-hmm. It was the sort of their Christmas present from Sky City. Nice. And we did a significant number of people through that day in a guided module and it worked fine. So I think we'll, we'll stick it guided unless things do change. And the beauty about it being guided, which hosted wouldn't allow was when we get the internationals back, we can do language mm. uh, tours, whereas hosted, yeah, it makes it a little bit more tricky. Yep. So COVID aside, what has been the biggest challenge that you faced opening this new tourism attraction? That's a really good question. I think it's, we don't normally build our own projects. We work for other people. 
So working internally from a creative to a commercial to a customer service, trying to make sure all those things tie together, I think has been, been not a challenge, but interesting work through basically, but we've got there in the end. The one interesting thing, which I have found, and this maybe is to do with COVID, maybe it's not, but recruitment's not been as easy as we thought it was going to be. Uh, we, we, had, we had a significant amount apply for a couple of jobs and then some other jobs we had very few apply for. So wh- whether that's just the Auckland market, I'm not sure. Mm, that's interesting, isn't it? Yes. So Michelle and I were fortunate enough to visit your neighbours, brand new All Blacks experience just over a week ago. It, was it always planned that you were both going to be opening at a similar time or did it just happen that way? That's, that's again a really good question. So there was always debate between internally with Weta Workshop and with the All Blacks of when it would be best to open. Should we open together? Should we open quite far apart? And originally we were saying, look, we should open quite far apart. We never, we never wanted to open on the same day because we wanted everybody to have their own airtime. But then as we got closer and, and COVID and, and how that squashed, we all wanted to open before the summer. So we decided a two-week window was quite good because then the entertainment precinct, which is in Sky City, becomes alive rather than one attraction opening and then a big gap between the other attraction. Hmm, that's great. It's really good teamwork, actually, between the two of you. So just Fantastic. To- just to timestamp this, we are recording on Sunday and this episode's going live on Wednesday. So when all of our listeners are tuning in, Weta Unleashed will be one day old. But how has the interest been in the attraction so far? What's, what's the feedback that you've had and where do you think the business is going to come from? So the last Tuesday when we had the Friends and Family Day for Sky City, that was a really good test of the experience, of the customer engagement, the guiding, and also whether they enjoyed the experience. And we got some fantastic feedback from that, which was really, really good. We're also getting some really strong bookings coming through. And it's surprising us how strong the bookings are coming through, even though nobody's actually seen anything of the experience. And we've only released a little bit of what the experience is about. We, the first weekend, so the weekend of the 19th, we've got, out of I think the 17 tours running that day probably 10 of them are already totally full so we're really chuffed with that I think initially the business is going to come from local domestic Aucklanders Mm -hmm. and then we're hoping it'll just grow from out of the country working with Auckland Unlimited and with Sky City who are really good partners we're all hoping that us and the All Blacks will help extend people's stay within Auckland so get people to stay longer get people to do more while they're while they're in the city yeah the other and this was quite a challenge in the uh, build and design process when we were first going through all the concepts the final concept which we're all really excited about was a uh, they they drew what we call a scamp so it's literally just a hand-drawn map of of the the route of the tour and within that scamp there was this big space called the studio we've got studio in wellington and they were trying to replicate that studio and mine and dave wilkes's eyes lit up and we're like that's a fantastic event space which we can use at night so we've built an experience which during the day can be for fits and, and standard tours and then at night 
we can transform it into a large event space. Mm. So that was always a little bit of a challenge in the design process, how you continue to make that work. But we set it up on Thursday last week, 24 tables of 10 people on each table. So we can host 240 people in a banquet style Mm -hmm. and up to 700 people cocktail style. So I think we've got different markets there as well. So we're really lucky to have, we're quite diverse in terms of who we're targeting. That's great. That's awesome. The conference organizers must be so excited to have that there as, as a new option for their, their events. Yeah, we took a famil through on Thursday and I think their eyes lit up when, when they <laughs> saw the robot and the UFO under 10 different conference and banquet tables. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, we need to get organising a conference up there so I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so on, on that note, Jake, how did you go about finding staff for the attraction? So we've recruited about 30 people for the attraction. We've brought one person up from Wellington who's going to lead the uh, guides, but the rest are all brand new. The guides recruitment, or we're calling them hosts, so they do retail and they do guiding. It was quite a fascinating process, actually. We reached out to them on Seek and the various other channels. And initially they had to submit their CV and a one-minute video. We set them some questions and we, we got, it was a really good way of going through and filtering through the different candidates. So we did that first. Once we'd filtered through, we did, what do we call them? Like assessment centers, I think we call them. So we flew up to Auckland and we did four different sessions, half day sessions, where we invited eight people along to each session. And they had to do, we're looking for performers. So we we set some performing tasks for them and it was so much fun and quite funny at the same time. And it enabled us to see how they work together as a group how they communicated, how they engaged with individuals and also how they performed. So it was really, really fantastic. And so we got a really good bunch of uh, hosts and guides. And I think we got uh, around about 25 of those. And then for the uh, team leaders, that was where it was a bit more tricky. We found some fantastic ones now, but the, uh, the pool wasn't, wasn't that big, which was interestingly. All right. Yeah. Not sure why that, well, not sure what the case there was, but it was for us, we went through Seek and we did video, we called Spark Hire video applications as well. Right. One of the things we noticed, Jake, when we went and visited the All Blacks experiences was that there was quite a lot that was secret on the experience. And of course, there's a point in time where they ask you not to take any photos. And I got the impression that they didn't want us to really talk about what happened inside the experience too much. Is that a deliberate um, thing that you've been doing inside Weta Unleashed as well to kind of keep it a surprise and just give people enough to get them to the attraction and then surprise and delight on arrival? We've kept it a secret up through until Friday. And yep. Friday was our media day and we've, each media outlet was allowed a certain area they could uh, film in. But come Tuesday, uh, Monday night when we launch it and Tuesday when we open, we're allowing customers to take photos, videos, as much as they want to take. Right. Because what we, what we have in Wellington, obviously, we don't allow photos uh, or videos within our experience. And we want to switch it and go totally the other way for Auckland and just... It's, a, it's Instagram's paradise, Weather Workshop Unleashed. And Perfect. that's what we're, we're hoping visitors will help drive traffic for us as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes those Instagram stories and the content that you see is enough to inspire you to want to go and visit as well. So I guess it sounds like it's that type of attraction, obviously, with the creativity and talents of your team in behind the design and development. We're slightly worried. So originally, this, this was probably the biggest challenge. You asked me earlier, what were the biggest challenges of development? Is the duration of the experience things kept getting put into the experience more and more and more content kept getting put into the experience. We're a creative agency and people just found opportunity to say, we yeah. want something like that. We want something like that, which was awesome. But we were worried about how long the experience was going to be. So originally when we first pitched it, it was going to be a 60 minute experience. We then with everything in there, we now think oh, it's going to be a, a, an hour and a half experience. However, when we did the sky city friends and family day, it averaged about an hour and 10, an hour and 15 However, they weren't allowed to take any photos. So we do think the photo opportunity will will lengthen that experience. But we'll see. Yeah. Is it one of those experiences that you get a taste of it in that hour to hour and a half and you'll want to come back to see other bits? I think so. There's, There's a lot of layers of information and content. It's really content rich. And in that first experience, people will only just be touching the surface. So each of the three films they've got treatments so semi semi script notes for each of the three films and customers if they want to can read all those storyboards and get really in the depth obviously on an hour and a half tour they're not going to be able to do that with all the other content to get so if people are really interested they can dig further and further we did have a lot of comments from the sky city day that people were going to be coming back they were going to be bringing other members of the family because they felt they they wanted to dig into it even more yeah brilliant it sounds so exciting i can't wait to see it and i'm sure our listeners are chomping at the bit to come and visit where are unleashed as well so have you got any tips on when is the best time to visit and how do they go about getting a ticket do they need to book ahead can they jump online do they wait until they get there what's what are your tips so tips are i think looking at how the bookings are coming through at the moment i would say definitely book online that's just go to where to workshop dot com backslash tools or just workshop.com and click on the tools section that'll take you through to where to workshop unleashed of tickets and if you're looking for a slightly quieter day i would come on a, on a midweek day mm-hmm. tuesday wednesday uh, mid-afternoon or early afternoon i've just noticed the sort of the 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 12 till one o'clock tours are quite quiet mm-hmm. and then the uh, three till sort of four thirty towards quite quiet as well saturdays and sundays uh, are very busy at the moment our vision and this is similar to wellington and it'll be similar to tourism operators all around the country from the 26th of december through till about the 11th of january we'll, we'll be chocker hopefully we'll be chocker in auckland as well yes. in, in this new covid world but i think that's that's what i'd suggest family passes are probably the best value for customers as well so mm-hmm. two adults two children a great deal there. I think you get one child free of charge on, on those offers. We, we have done some for mills. We did some for mills uh, on Saturday and on Friday, and we'll be doing some for mills in the low season as well. If people can wait that long. Yeah. Excellent. I think you're going to have to start a loyalty system as well with all that information that they're going <laughs> to. I know. We, we did Repeat we, visitation. We, we looked at the, you know, zoos and places like that have got their annual passes. So we, we have been considering that, but we, we're not quite there just yet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, it sounds great. 
So, Jake, before we finish up, we need to do a little quick fire quiz with you. So you just have to answer whatever comes to your mind. And, and everyone's quick fire is different. And oh, so, no. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm hopeless at quizzes. Do I get uh, well, to phone it... a friend? <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll be okay. I think you'll be able to answer most of these. So if you're ready, I'll, I'll run you through those questions and we'll oh, come up with your first answer and that'll be perfect. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Jake, summer or winter? Summer. North Island or South Island? North Island. <laughs> I thought you might say that. Got to go that, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> Auckland or Wellington? Oh, that's hard. I've lived in both cities. I, I'm not answering that. Middle. <laughs> <laughs> that's typo. It's yours, Michelle. <laughs> he's, getting, he's getting splinters on the, sitting on the fence here. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Fair enough. Running or cycling? Running. Um, kiwi fruit or watermelon? Ooh, kiwi fruit. Yeah. Favourite place in New Zealand? Blimey. That's a really tricky one. I've, I, that's what, when I came here in, and this isn't quick fire at all, but I came <laughs> here in, in 1993 travelling and uh, as a backpacker. I was meant to stay here three weeks and stayed here three months, then came back a year later for another three months, then came back here a year later for another three months <laughs> and then ended up, and then ended up moving here. Uh, there's so many different places. Tell you what, we're going to do the Queen Charlotte this these summer holidays, and I think that is one of my favourite places. Just the Marlborough Sands is awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. Lovely. And what about your favourite place in the world? My favourite place in the world is always where, which comes to mind most recently. So I've got two. We had an awesome trip in Vietnam in 2000. And then recently, two years ago, Mongolia. Loved it. Absolutely oh, loved really? Mongolia. Yeah. Mm, Mongolia would be cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah, just the people there. So friendly. Mm, I've heard that. And one last question. Your best tourism experience that you've ever had? I'd, I'd say Mongolia again, we went to, and I've totally forgotten the name, but we went to their annual festival and it was so back to basic type festival and we saw archery, we saw knuckle bones shooting, <laughs> we saw horse racing, we saw wrestling and that's just like a really awesome, original, authentic experience. Wow. Wow. Wasn't expecting that. Nice surprise <laughs> there at the end. Well, Jake, thank you. You survived the quick fire round very easily there. And thank you for joining us today. We're absolutely thrilled to see Weta Unleashed hit Auckland. Can't wait to visit. And we know you've got a lot on your plate this week. Some of our listeners may have recognised the little sounds of the airport in the background there. So thank you for dialing in from the Koru Lounge and on your way back to Auckland for the opening. And we wish you all the very best for your launch on Tuesday, which is yesterday. <laughs> hey, thank you so much, ladies, for having me. It's been awesome. And I, I couldn't turn down this opportunity to be a star on your shows. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. So that's all for today, everybody. Once again, we hope you've enjoyed hearing all about Weather Unleashed. Don't forget to follow us so you can stay up to date with every episode. And if you're enjoying listening in, please leave us a five-star review. So we'll be back next Wednesday for our very last episode of 20. 2020 and we have a great one lined up with some more very special guests and yes that's plural so don't forget to tune in kakite kakite